0: For Spurs fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Tottenham videos and podcasts, download the free Coys app now from the App Store and Google Hello, Play. Hello
1: and welcome to the latest edition of the Come On You Spurs podcast. My name's Dan Tracy and I'll be your host for the next 45 minutes or so as we talk all things Tottenham. Because win or lose, we'll discuss the news. It's back to three up top this evening. That means leading the line from the front around the captain's armband is Carl. So, Carl, I hope all is well, mate. How have you been this past week?
2: Yeah, everything's good apart from football, Dan. Other than that, you know, um, everything's ticking along nicely. But unfortunately, Spurs just keep putting us through the grind, don't they?
1: I think I'm going to have to ban answers like that because everything does seem to be all right apart from Spurs. But anyway, James, you're back on the show once more. How are you, mate?
0: Yeah, it's copy-paste-repeat, isn't it? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um, Everything's good. Everything's looking a little bit more cheery other than uh, what's going on at White Hart Lane. But I'm sure we'll pick that apart tonight. Good to be back, down. Thanks.
1: Cheers, mate. And we're also handing out a debut cap to HG from the Cheese Room podcast. A pleasure to have you on board. I hope you're looking forward to some Tottenham-based chat this evening.
3: Yeah, definitely. Um, Where I live, we're still in lockdown. So uh, I've got double whammy of nothingness to look forward to right now. But... uh, Yeah, it's always good to talk Spurs.
1: Well, today in England, we had the pubs open and it started to snow. So that's just British weather for you, isn't it? But anyway, I digress massively because let's get the social media bits out of the way first so we can dissect Sunday and more in full. As always, don't forget to subscribe to the Come New Spurs app where the podcast is available each and every Tuesday morning. You can, of course, follow us on social media. We're on Twitter at C-O-Y-S underscore C-O-M. We're on all the major audio platforms, Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, etc. If we're not on one, let me know. I'll get it sorted for you. And if you listen on Apple, don't forget to leave us a five-star rating. Right then, let's get down to business. And that business, Carl, is Manchester United, shall we say, exacting a form of revenge after that 6-1 drubbing we handed them earlier in the season. Now, to be honest, this season isn't only just fading away. It's starting to get a little bit ugly now, isn't it?
2: Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, obviously, you know, the Newcastle game for me was was the top four hopes, hopes gone. Um, but technically, you're still going into Sunday thinking, well, there's still a glimmer of hope. But I think that defeat kind of just puts the final now in that top four coffin. Um, And you are like, as we say now, sitting here wondering, you know, how toxic does it now get until the end of the season with the games we got left? Because you can't see performances improving drastically. You know, we've got the League Cup final that I don't actually know a Spurs fan who's actually looking forward to a final um, at the moment because, you know, I think we're all fearing the worst for that. Um, and you just kind of think that if, if that does go, um, doesn't go does go our way and we get what could be a potentially embarrassing defeat in that final, then, you know, the Spurs fan base is going to be a massively toxic place. Um, I don't think I've, you know, for a long while now, I haven't felt such a disconnect between the club and the fans at the moment as I think there is right now. Um, and it is worrying about where things are going I still sit there and say I think you know, Jose has got until the final and then if it doesn't go the right way, he's gone. But I don't think, that, you know, not me funny, I don't know if anyone's actually looking forward to any more of the games we've got coming up because you just the way the team's playing, the, the mood around the club, it's just not a nice place to be at the moment, is it?
1: Absolutely not. And James, on the evidence of yesterday's performance why is it another game where we get off to a decent start in inverted commas and then after the interval return we'll back to our shells? That's now 18 points dropped from winning positions, the second most generous in the league thus far.
0: Yeah, it's, it's beyond a joke, isn't it? It's like, you know, the first couple of times it happened, it was like, our typical Tottenham butlers, you know, this, this is the way things are, ha, ha, ha. But it's 18 points, you know, that that is ridiculous. And, uh, and also, it, it's it, it, you see the, the jokes on Twitter when we go one 0 up. You know, it's oh, well, Tottenham are going to sit back now and, and let the let you know we're going to stop playing football until until United score. And then it actually happens. It, it, it's it's almost baffling. It's 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 beyond a joke. So um, I think it's a it's a mentality thing in the players. It's it's the way that they've that they've they're set up. I doubt that they've been told to 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 literally stop playing football when they go one 0 up, but there's There's clearly something fundamentally wrong and and it's it's something that I, I spoke about last week on the pod you know this team has no identity we have no way of playing football, so you know we 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 tend to go one nil up in games because we just trust the attacking talent that we've got in a team we 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 go half for lever for for the first half an hour we create chances we look good. Uh, and then, as soon as we score that that seems to be that's it right we've We need to stop playing football we need to let the other team have the ball. Uh, And it it just invites the pressure on. The more, more, more and more pressure we get put under, we know we've got players at the back who who don't cope under pressure. So the more that we give the ball to the other team, the the higher the likelihood that that we're going to concede a goal. And then once once the team that we're playing, whoever it be, United this weekend. you know, whoever that team is, they, they get a confidence, they get a second wind out of nowhere because we've allowed them back into a game that, that they should have been dead and buried in. Um, I, I don't know what any other team in the world that plays like that. You know, look at this this Man City team, you know, Man City are obviously the standout team in the league this year, but look at the way they play. I d I can't see a difference in the way that Man City play when they're 3 0 up or when they when it's a nil nil. You know, they they constantly have they have a, a way of playing football, and they're constantly trying to break break the other team down by you know constant possession trying to pick the lock. That's the way they want to play football, and they play that football whether they're one nil up, whether they're two 0 up, and if they are one nil up, then they try and extend their lead and, and put the game to bed. Whereas Spurs, we seem to we seem to just drop drop the ball a little bit, well, a lot when when we go one nil up, and it, it's. As I say, it's beyond the joke now. It needs something needs to change.
1: Now, HG, if we look at these eighteen points being dropped, that obviously makes a huge difference to your season, especially if you're on the fringes of that top four, top six battle. Now, of course, not all these turnarounds, turnarounds, sorry, would be avoidable. You can't necessarily just go right. We've got our points. Let's add on eighteen. Everything's hunky dory. However. With that said, there must be an element of game management in all of this, and it's an element which is severely lacking at the moment.
3: No, absolutely. I mean, at those 18 points, if we'd only lost half of them, then we'd be in the top four right now and, and looking quite good and feeling quite comfortable. We'd still be annoyed because we're Spurs fans. But I think that the, the biggest issue right now is that Spurs have... Whatever aura we had under Pochettino, when teams came to White Hart Lane and sat back and we, we just steamrolled the teams, that aura has gone. We don't have anything now. So teams at any level, at any stage in the competition, whether it's in, even Sheffield United and West Brom, they know that Spurs can be got at. And that's a massive problem. We don't keep the ball well enough. We don't even look like we even know how to keep the ball. So when teams do put us under pressure, there's an issue. And it's been like that for I mean for most of Mourinho's um, stay at Spurs, e- even for the, the fag end of Pochettino. We just we seem to forget that you know, we need to make sure that they are worrying about defending rather than us.
1: So, Carl, for a manager who supposedly loves to park the bus, it's apparent that this method isn't working. At what point, or is that point too late, should our manager think, do you know what, actually I should be closing out games by attacking?
2: You do wonder, don't you? Um... You know, you, you kind of sit there and think, you know, we had some success with it didn't we earlier on in the season, you know, when we were suddenly, you know, top of the table, we picked up some good results against Man City, you know, away at Chelsea, home against Arsenal. And, you, you know, you were having some success with that kind of low block. We're playing, you know, Sissoko and Hoiberg, cutting off the passing lanes. And I think obviously Jose liked that, you know, it, it looked solid. We looked good. Um, and I guess he kind of stuck with that thinking, OK, I might have found the the, the the true blueprint to move forward here. But then it became apparent that we couldn't keep that up. You know, you, you couldn't do that every week. The players that you had at your disposal couldn't do that. Um, and then you'd like to have thought for a manager with his experience and the know-how and if you've got coaches who've got know-how, Once you can actually figure out, right, listen, up front and going forward, we can tear teams apart. We've got the players, you know, or at least we've got two players who are capable of ripping anyone apart when we go forward. Um, Unfortunately, defensively, yeah, we do look quite shaky and, and... You know, not so solid at the back and I've not got players that I think I can trust all the time to make the right footballing decisions, the right times of when to tackle, when to go in, when to sit back, when to drop. Um, So, yeah, the more I actually rely on those defenders to do a job, the more likely it is I'm going to come unstuck because they can't be trusted to do that job. So, yeah, that's keep the ball in the opposition half. And use our strength, which is our two forward players and, you know, potentially bow. You know, you're bringing in those sorts of players who can add a little something. So we would like to have thought that the manager would have decided that, you know, we're better when we're attacking than trying to sit back on a lead. It just doesn't seem that the penny's dropped, does it? You know, and, and we have got a massive problem this season where this is a team that doesn't come out after half time you can name a number of performances this season where we've gone into half time going, OK, that wasn't a bad first half. You know, there's still things you can improve on. There's still things, you know, the passing and the quality on the ball could be better, but it wasn't bad. And we've gone in either level, playing well, looking the better side, or gone in winning the game um, at that point in time. And then all of a sudden, we've just come out in the second half. And although we're saying we don't think Jose told them to play like that, it does seem like the second half they come out just to go, right, that's just protect what we got. And we've said time and time again, haven't we here, in this league, one goal is not enough to see you over the line in most games because no matter who you're playing, even the teams at the bottom of the league have got quality in them where suddenly, if you give them a sniff and give them a little bit of encouragement, they'll grow in confidence, It only takes one set piece, one decent delivery into the box, and all of a sudden, you're on level terms, you've lost the momentum, and you can't regain that and get a foothold in the game. And it just seems to be a common theme that's happening this season. We go in, as soon as we come out in the second half, we're not at it. We're not at the races, we're not attacking with that same intent that we were in the first half. And all of a sudden, the momentum's gone. The opposition have picked their momentum up. They've got the head of steam, and we can't recover. And it's what's cost us all these points. You know, it's what's put us in that position where we're, you know, the team that you know the, the joint team have given up the most points because we're coming out and settling rather than going. Okay, listen, let's just go out and kill this now. Finish this game, bury it, and then you know, if you're sitting there with ten minutes to go, winning three nil or 4-0, four, four nil, you can sit there and then go, right, we should be able to see this out now. But yes, we can now just drop off. But until you get to that point, at 1-0, you can't afford to drop off and think you can just see it out, especially with the players we got at our disposal defensively. But we seem to have a manager who hasn't kind of quite worked that out yet. Um, and I think, you know, you've got a manager who, for me, the way the team is playing... You kind of get the impression, I don't know whether he's actually instilled more of a fear element in them right now as to just don't do nothing too risky, try and sit back and be cautious rather than sometimes saying, listen, you know, go and attack. Go and do what you need to do up top, you know, be brave, make the right decisions. I mean, again, watching that game yesterday, I've never seen a side that can be in and around an opposition penalty area. And two passes later, we're back at our goalkeeper looking to knock it around the defence again. Um, And I don't think he's going to learn for me. I, I think, you know, I've now made my decision that I think the guy... The game has passed him by, unfortunately. It was going to be either be stick or twist. He was either going to be the special one again or, unfortunately, turn into the one that we saw in his last days at Chelsea and Man United. And I think we found out it's the latter.
1: Well, James, you only have to look at Sunday's substitutions as a perfect example of the manager's own fear factor, which is largely creeping in. The celsa off for Soko Lamella on for Undumbele. That's at one all. Moments later, Cavalli makes it two one. So those subs aren't even protecting a lead. That's just you know a drawn state. Why on earth are they taking place?
0: Well, I mean, first of all, let, let's get it straight. Look, Leselso wasn't wasn't was a waste of a jersey yesterday. You know, I, I'm a big fan of the guy, but he he was absolutely awful. Um, but you know, if if you if you give the ball to him, the ball at his feet is a lot more uh, useful than than Moussa Sissoko having the ball at his feet. Um, you know the, the thought process be- behind bringing on Sissoko was obviously what to to track Pogba, to 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 give the, the fullbacks a hand against what Greenwood. I, you know there's 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 theories behind it, but you know what what you get out of that is a footballer who fundamentally can't play football. He he's a good runner, he's a good athlete, but with the ball at his feet and and with decisions to make further up the field you can't trust them so you know you're absolutely right we we've made that that change in order to pre- to, to preserve all, a one all draw uh, and then united get a moment and and all of a sudden we're chasing the game but with with one less you know a, a player who can who can pick a pass on the pitch so you know there's been a, a number of times this season where we've been chasing the game with a, a midfield pivot of of, of Hoiberg and, and Sissoko and, and neither of those two people, two players can really thread a pass. You know, we, we seem to be firing balls in into the feet of, of the front men and expecting them to, to, to bring that ball under their control and and immediately be able to, to beat the man in front of them. And, and, and that's just not the way it works. We, we seem to be doing all of the hard work in front of the back four rather than behind it, you know, when we had success. Uh, you know going back to to games like southampton where we where we were putting teams to the sword we played all of our good football behind the back four looking for balls in behind looking looking to set players free of, of, of the defense whereas now we seem to be playing all of our football in front of the back four and and that is down to, to the limitations of, of 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 the passing players that we that we have and and you know Los also couldn't pick a pass yesterday, let's face it. But he's got more of a chance of 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 creating something than Sissoko. So number one, that makes no sense. But you can you can you can make a case for Eric Lamella to come in on off the bench, you know, he's he's an aggressive player, he gets stuck in, he uh, he wants to carry the ball forward, which is something that we were lacking in. But again, fundamentally he hasn't got the, the core skills to, to be good enough to you know, he, he, yes, he scored a bonner, but that's that's you know that's a once in a lifetime fluke. He he isn't going to consistently do what the likes of Kane and Son do, and that is, you know, create chances and and at the end of the day, use his footballing brain to to unpick the locks of, of defenses. So, look, I, the, the the substitutions were were not good. Um, you can question, you know, what's what other substitutions he could have made. You know, Deli Ali, Gareth Bale didn't get very much time. Um, but what it comes down to is that we shouldn't have been chasing the game at that point anyway. We should have been. We should have. We should have had a, a healthier lead to protect. You know, and 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 we shouldn't have been looking to to preserve the one or draw because let's not forget United. A draw would have been a good good result for United a draw would not have been a good result for us. We needed to win that game to, to have any chance of uh, of knocking on the door of the top four still. So, you know, we, we should have been pushing on. That's, that's when the attacking substitution should have happened. That's when the likes of Bale should have come on, maybe Delhi. Uh, but, you know, instead, you know, you look back at those substitutions and you think, well, you know, what did we expect to happen? We, we took our, our two best passes off the pitch. Uh, sorry, well, our two best passing midfielders, should I say, because Harry's clearly the best passer on the team, but uh, you know, our two our best uh, midfielders on the ball, off the pitch, and and brought on two players who who really you, you can't you can't really trust to, to make the right decision in uh, in an attacking scenario. So what did we really expect?
1: So HG, when you see substitutions of that ilk, do they suggest that Mourinho has had enough? Is he merely waiting for the inevitable to happen? Are they, shall we say, white flag changes? Or is it just a case where he got it wrong once more?
3: Um, look, I'm no fan of Mourinho and I want him gone. And we talked about how Man United had Pogba and Fernandes and Fred and McTominay. And the four of them in midfield were dominating everything. I mean, even though Pogba started out wide he was always running inside and Aurier had to follow him. And so there was so much space down the left-hand side for Shaw to run into and and we weren't dealing with it. So I could understand why you think, okay, Sissoko might need to come on. But, I mean, you're right. Like, we we, we end up losing a passer because of it. Sissoko would be lovely if he could kick a football, but he can't. So I, I do think Jose knows his time is up. I think that he's waiting for the for the League Cup final, and hopefully he can maybe salvage Spurs' season and his own reputation by winning that game. But uh, you know, yesterday it was just a really tough game. Like, had we started the game with Hoiberg and Sissoko as the as the as the base, then I think everyone could have okay. Well, Man United are a good side; they're second in the league for a reason. We saw at the start of the season that when we do that. Um, We're not that bad at it. It might be boring for the fans to watch, but it got us results and results is what we need right now. We we don't need to go out and play teams off the park because we're not going to do it. We're not good enough. We we don't have the ability to to function as a team to be able to do that. I don't care if you've got Bale on. I don't care if you've got on. They're both goal scorers in the Premier League, but if you can't get the ball to them, it doesn't matter. Right, that they're, they're, they're unlikely to find the top corner from 30 yards, which is basically what you're asking our players to do. So it, it was a kind of a, a mix and match. You know, we, we decided we were going to go toe-to-toe with Man United, and I think we got found out. It was disappointing that Sissoko came on, because we all know his limitations. But I think on yesterday, I can't... I can't blame Mourinho too much. It, it, it would have been lovely had it worked. It would have been lovely had Sun found the bottom corner instead of Henderson's right foot when it was 1-1. We, we did have a couple of chances to, to get something from the game. But, uh, yeah, once the second goal went in for United, you, you, I think you knew there was no way back.
1: Well, let's move on to the topic of the Carabao Cup final and Mourinho's status in all of that. Now, Carl, if we're honest... Our man in charge is not a man who walks away from a nice payday. So him dying on his own sword isn't going to happen. There has to be an end game in all of this. But let's say we win the Carabao Cup and he stays on. From history, we all know that he only gives a club three seasons anyway. So could there be logic in just cutting the ties sooner?
2: Erm... I mean, for me, I, I think we've seen now that the tyres the need cutting. I, I think what Levy is hoping for, and I think what the final is given, is they're really, I think, just clinging on now to that fact that if we were to go and pull off some miracle and win that game, then I think, you know, Levy will still sit there, I think, and say, well, look, there you go. The guy has come in within, you know, the first, he's probably first proper full season, you know, uninterrupted he's won us a cup. If we can manage to finish in sixth place, potentially, and get Europa League football, then he might say, and we're back in Europe next season, and if we give a summer transfer window again, then I still believe this is the manager that can take us forward. But they're pinning that on him winning something. I think the problem now is, if he doesn't, like I say for me right now I, I think the only thing that's keeping Mourinho in that hot seat is this League Cup final I think if we weren't in that final then who knows maybe the, that defeat yesterday would have been what maybe made Levy pull the trigger and say sorry I've given you a chance but it, it's not happening and I'm going to have to make a change but that final for me I still think gives Levy that a chance to say if we win a trophy there's a trophy in the cabinet, and we'll go again next season. I still trust this man, and so for me, yeah, I, I but I believe he's going to come unstuck. I don't think no matter what happens, we're winning that final. Um, and I think we've seen the football we've seen. And it's not just the football we've seen. That. I think it's the demeanour around the place, the club, um, the players. You know, you, we've got the whole Toby situation now where you're sitting at going, well, Toby's on the naughty step all of a sudden, um, you know, when he seemed to be one of Jose's favourites. But he's now, he's now out of the picture. Um, we don't know what's gone on there. You look at Son yesterday after the game in that interview. Um, You look at the Alley situation. And for me, I think it's just, you know, you look at the bow saga this season where all of a sudden you've got the guy starting to come back into some form, looking like we could be about to finally have the player that hits the ground running and the perfect time into the second half of the season, just when we might need him to help us get over the line. He has one... Mediocre half against Arsenal, where let's face it, the whole team were dreadful, and all of a sudden we're not seeing Bao anymore again. And it looks like you know Jose was just waiting for that opportunity to you know to put the the axe on him again, and he got his opportunity and he's sticking to it. I, I think we've seen enough signs here that prove you know yes he was great, yes he's won all these things in the past. He was a great manager, but was. I think we've now seen clearly that you know the game the game has passed him by for me. I don't think he can get that spark back. I don't think his methods work anymore. Um, and I, but like I say, I think that cup final is all that's keeping him there. And if that's for me, if that's an embarrassing defeat, I think Levy pulls the trigger. You know, pretty much straight after that final, and we're back to square one and probably on our, you know, 100th, 1000th project where we start all over again.
1: Well, that's going to be the question to James. James, if you witness the Wembley bloodbath and we get spanked in the final, do you see Levy pulling the trigger straight away?
0: Yeah, um, I have to agree. I think that that's exactly what, what I was thinking. I think he, the cup final is the only thing. I think he'd have gone by now. Because um, you know, if you if you are a Premier League chairman, you know, take, taking uh, the fact that it's Daniel Levy and he needs to be taken in isolation aside, a Premier League chairman cannot, surely cannot set a precedent that that this is good enough because it's not. You know, look at look at the games that we've lost, the games that we've dropped points, uh, and even the games that we've won where we've looked absolutely horrific. You, you can't set a precedent to, to any other manager who might come come into the club in the future that this is a run of form that is acceptable. No matter who you are, whether whether you've won Champions League, whether you're Jose Mourinho, you, you it's not good enough. And and if it's not good enough, then we're going to pull the trigger. We're going to find someone else because you know we we haven't got this time to waste. You know that this is this is the time where the club needs to be kicking on right now with the brand new stadium with possibly the one of the best squads we've ever had with certainly some of the best individual players we've ever had. we can't afford to be to be you know uh, yeah, yeah giving our manager a little bit more time and giving him maybe another season because yeah because he won a champions league a few years ago. It, it, it's not the time we need to there needs to be drastic action taken and, and it, it you know it's, as I say it sets a precedent any future manager coming in okay well you know Jose got got two seasons of horrendous football out that's what I should be expecting there's no urgency to to, to, to fix my team at all um, but yeah with that 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 League Cup final there I think Levy's still holding on to that that little glimmer of hope that yes we are going into that that, that game as massive underdogs which obviously suits the Mourinho team. Um, you know, if if we say we made a drastic decision now, we got Red Knapp in, or we got Brian Mason in, or you know, someone along those lines who's going to come out and play fluent attacking football, then Man City will put us to the sword because as soon as we open up, they're gonna they're gonna find those gaps. So the thought process is obviously that if we keep Mourinho, we might you know, a Mourinho team. Uh, it'd be completely in in his MO to to win that cup final because we'd, we we you know we might grab a few breakaway goals and and sit on top of a one nil lead or we might keep the, you know frustrate Man City and and you know nick a nick a one nil in the 80th minute. Um, but I, I don't even think it has to be an embarrassing defeat. I think it's just defeating that cup final means that you know no trophy, no Europe, so, well certainly no Champions League. Uh that that's not good enough. He was here to win the trophy and he hasn't won the trophy and he hasn't progressed this any further in Europe. So there was no point in being here. He's he's clearly not the right man for the club because nobody's happy, the fans aren't happy, the players aren't happy. Um so what are the positives of keeping him here? There's, there are none. He's the most expensive manager in the league. Um and you know he's he's not showing at, at any point. That, that, he, that he's earning that salary, and if if the answer is okay, well, we need to back him in the transfer window. Then why not back a manager who we we peaked with, and you know clearly had the love and support of all of our fans and players? Why not back him? Why back Jose Mourinho? It, 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 yeah, it, it doesn't make much sense. But um, but for me, yeah, it, it's it's cup final or nothing. And even if we do win the cup, I think it might still be curtains, depending on how how we we finish the season. Um, because he's here to win a trophy. I've always said he he is only here to win a trophy, to get us over the line, to get that monkey off our back. And if he does that, then I think we can can then kick on as a club, but I feel like it might be without him still.
1: Well, HG, the question I was going to ask you is, can you ever see Mourinho creating a dynasty or a legacy at the club and winning multiple trophies? Could the Carabao be the springboard to greater things, or has he been simply brought in for that remit of winning a trinket? regardless of what it is, even if it's the lowest one available, and job done.
3: I think we all thought he would come in and improve what we already had. And we obviously, we'd already lost a couple of players, and we knew that Eriksson wanted out. Many of us really thought we'd be as bad as we've been, that we've lost completely whatever identity Pochettino had given us. Mourinho has lost it all. I mean, we look at all the success, uh, success teams this season, um, they're, they're based on unity right, like they're all behind the manager, the fans are behind the manager, usually you get results, which helps, right, I think if we'd got more results, the fans would be more behind Mourinho, but we haven't, and he's isolated half the team for various mistakes, you know, Sanchez scores an own goal against West Ham at the start of the season, doesn't play again for two months, we saw it again last week, he didn't play well against Newcastle, he's not in the 20 for for the following game, I know we've got a lot of players, but like, for me, if my boss treated me and my friends, my colleagues, like that, I wouldn't like the person. I wouldn't want to work hard for the person. No matter how professional I was, I, I just wouldn't be interested. Like my my focus would be on how long, you know, who's going to go first, me or them. In effect, so it's 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 really tough. Um, but I just think that Mourinho, uh, he he has to go. There there is no way he should be here. Like he he could. Somehow, flukily, he could win us the League Cup final and get us into top four, and I'd still want him gone. Right? Because it, I would believe it would be based on other teams being worse than us rather than us being better than what we should be. Uh, I think that that's just it. Like, you look at the squad that we have. Yes, there are some players that we'd all probably like to get rid of, but there are at least 10. Or twelve players that we know are quality, that are good enough to do something in this league, and he he hasn't found a formation that works. He hasn't found a system that works. We've not been solid at the back. We've not played with any real flow going forward. It, it, it's been a nightmare to watch. And and frankly, we're we're almost kind of lucky that we that we still have something to play for with the league anyway. That we still that we're in a chance of getting some kind of European spot. Um, yeah, I. I I I respect fully what Mourinho did in his previous clubs, but he won't have a legacy at those because I think people will start to realise that actually Mourinho didn't do much when it came to winning those trophies. He had lots of good players and they kind of got themselves to where they needed to be. Mourinho said plenty of times that he doesn't coach football players. He coaches football teams. To me, that means... I can't tell football players how to kick a ball because they're, batter, they're better at it than I've ever been. So, well, what do you do then? Do you just say, off you go and uh, use your brain to figure it out yourself? There's, there's a theory now that if, even with the Real Madrid team that, that knocked Barcelona off their perch when they got over 100 points, that was a great Real Madrid team with fantastic players. I, I just, I feel like it's not, he's not only doing his own reputation down, he's doing Spurs' reputation down, but he's destroying the reputation that had been built because maybe it just wasn't as good as people thought.
1: OK, let's move back to the game now, and the biggest talking point of all, the first half flashpoint. So, Carl, when you look at Scott McTominay as you Min Song, do you think Tottenham got out of jail without use of VAR? <laughs>
2: I think yeah, I, you know I do. Yes, you know when when you look at the decision, I, I know you could technically say yes, it's a hand in the face. But you know I, I think if you look at most games that take place on on most weekends, you'd probably see an incident like that where you you could pull it back for a free kick or that. I don't think there was the biggest touch there. Um, So, yeah, if I'm being honest, I think we kind of did get out of jail a little bit there. um, And it was an unfortunate decision that kind of went our way. But then at the same time, you you do have to question how, when that decision then does get made, when you've got a guy who's already on a yellow card, if you're giving it as a foul and you're going to give it for an arm in the face, well, why doesn't the referee then follow that up with the second yellow card that's the booking that... You know, technically, you would think, well, if you're giving it as a foul, that's surely what you're pulling it up for. Um, but obviously, you know, it doesn't. But we get fortunate enough that the goal gets chalked out and you can go, OK, we can breathe again. And not long after that, fortunately, that allows us to go up the other end and obviously get the first goal. Um, the one I would question, though, is at that point, then I seriously think you should have been considering United being down to nine men. Because I think the biggest one that we might get onto is I don't know how the Pogba elbow on Aurier doesn't get checked because for me that is a straight red there because that you know this this stuff about oh he was a taller player I'm afraid when you watch that again Pogba for me definitely puts the elbow in in that's not just an arm because I'm taller than you hitting you in the face that's an elbow straight into the face of Aurier. Um, and for me at that point, then you are looking, thinking, well, United possibly should have been down to nine men at that point, but wasn't to be. Um, but I yeah, do believe we probably got a little bit fortunate and, and VAR went our way on that one. And, you know, again, we haven't taken advantage of that.
1: Well, James, Carl's just mentioned the Pogba incident. Is it, once again, a frustrating lack of consistency? Because if you've got a foul in one instance for a lighter tap in the face and then you've got a little bit of skullduggery from Pogba...
0: Why is there not a evenness of rules being applied there? Well, surely, you know, if the referee has missed that elbow on Pogba, surely that's what VAR is actually there for. You'd think. You know, when when you first watched that, I, I didn't pick up on it first time. I don't think anyone did. You know, it, it, it looked like, you know, yes, Pogba has, has, has just got the better of Aurier there. And, uh, and the, and the, you know, the ball's gone out. Aurier's making a meal of it. And then... You, you see that replay, and you see what's actually happened, and you're like, "Well, okay, well that that surely needs to go punished, even if it is a yellow card." You know, if we decide that it was unintentional, it's a yellow card. Um, it, there's f- four instances straight away that where different things have happened completely. You know, Rashford got he got a flick in the face, uh, and 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 there was a free kick given to United just before that. Uh, that incident with Son and the United, the first United goal um, you know there was nothing said about that that was that was just, just part and parcel of the game Eric Lamella against Arsenal did exactly the same thing uh, albeit maybe a little bit more intentional but it, let's face it the exact same thing because you know you know when there's someone behind you if you're going to throw your arm out then you know what's going to happen uh, especially in this day and age of football second yellow card sent off so it, it's the, the. I think you can be. You're fair enough. You're hard done done by if you're a United fan. That's a decision that that people you know you don't really like to see given because it just breeds that players are going to go down. But if we're looking at this in a context of what football is today, then that's a, that's another yellow card and it's a red card. So you know you, you can't compromise. Why would the referee compromise in that situation? There's no being fair. To, to you know, to, to both teams, it's it's either one thing, it's black or it's white. It, 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 if it's a foul, then it's a yellow card, and and if Pogba, it, you know, if if Pogba's uh, situation, you know, if they if they see, look at that back, there's no way that they can't come to some kind of punishment for Pogba because he's done exactly the same thing, and and if if that means that I'm not sure who it was, it might have been on or Aurier who 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 hit Rashford in the face. Whoever, if that person goes punished as well, then all right, we're a bit upset. We've got a player in the book for a bit of a, a soft one, but at least there's some consistency. You can see that the referees have come to the same decision because the same thing has happened. But, you know, it, I, I just don't, the thing I don't agree with is, is, is the compromise. Why, why should we be thinking, why should they be thinking about the Man United team's fee, you know, feelings after that? You know, just because it's a bit harsh, we're going to let him stay on the pitch. That that impacts the entire game, and therefore it, int- it impacts the entire season, because you don't know what kind of game it's going to be if United lose one of their center midfielders so early in the game. Um, you know, it, we can talk about these decisions forever, but the the point is that we we used to have these debates, and the center would be whether the referees made a decision or not. Now there's levels and there's layers and layers to it that we we are having these these conversations. Which are now taking up, you know, more than half our podcasts nowadays are talking about referee and VAR, and you know, it, it, maybe a couple of years ago we used to speak about the odd decision, but now it was never the focus of what we used to speak about. So I don't think there's a single person out there, you know, you're talking, we're Tottenham fans who have benefited from this decision, and yet we are still talking about the fact that. That, that is you know, a, a, pretty, a pretty ridiculous decision. But it's just the consistency. We want to see consistency from the, from the officials. That's all.
1: So, HG, if we go back to the McTominay incident, is it something that looks completely different when viewed via the forensic frame of technology? Because when you look at it in real time, yes, there's, a, should we say, a slap in the face. Some doesn't really help the referee in any way by going down like a ton of bricks, which I guess is his right, which is the common trend of a footballer. But with that kind of replaying and looking at it again and again and again, do you think that is what's changed the referee's mind?
3: Um, Possibly. There there was intent there. I mean, McTominay knew that Sun was there and wanted to push him away. I don't think he intended to scrape him on the face or poke him in the eye or whatever Sun might might have led us to believe, but... He wants to push Sun away, and if he does get him in the face, then it's a foul. So I have no issue, really, with the fact that the, the goal was taken off. I, I can understand people being about upset that he didn't get a second yellow card, but I'm not sure if VAR can even get involved when it comes to yellows. I think they can only get involved if it's like serious foul play. I don't, I don't know the rules that myself, but I don't remember a, a situation this season where VR, VAR has come in and said, oh, no, you've missed a yellow card. They've come in for the red card decisions that they might have missed, but not for yellow. Yeah. So perhaps the referee just wasn't able to book someone given the, given the rules of VAR, which none of us really know. But uh, look, like it, it was the game wasn't won and lost there, right? And so it's it, it's unfortunate that with with what's happened since with the abuse that Suns faced, that we're talking about this incident. But VAR is not necessarily the story of this game. The story of this game, as far as Spurs are concerned, is that we aren't good enough, and we need to find a way to make ourselves good enough to not just um, beat these teams, but live with them and play with them, and and show that we we are uh, we do have good players. Because if you didn't know that, if you didn't know our players, you'd look at the game on Sunday and think, okay, well, I mean, perhaps they're trying, but you know, it felt a little bit like men and boys, especially in that second half.
1: Carl, regardless of your opinions on the skirmish, there's absolutely no excuse for what Min Song had to deal with afterwards. It's another weekend, it's another discussion regarding social media abuse. That's too, too many in the last fortnight. So, what I will ask this time around, Do you think Oli Gunnar Solshar's comments helped or fanned the flames in any way post-match?
2: Yeah, it's you know really odd, wasn't it, from Solskjaer, You know the comments, and as we say, you know I've seen some great pictures this morning saying, "Oh, you know what, what, you know Rashford's Rashford's reaction <laughs> after what Solskjaer said." You know, given one of your players has has been in the headlines for trying to feed kids, and you got your manager saying he wouldn't have fed his kids after a game like that if it was one of them. Um, I don't think those sort of comments help at all because they do just rile the blood of these morons who who are going to post this sort of stuff. But at the same time, you are just still looking at the fact that, you know, these people who are doing these things are making a decision on their own back to go and do it. Um, You know, we've said time again, haven't we, especially with what's, you know, the amount there's been over the last, you know, week or so now of this going on. I don't think, you know, unfortunately, you can have all these campaigns, in my opinion, you can want to do as much as you can, take in a knee, you know, respect all these campaigns. They're all brilliant campaigns. The problem is we're not going to rid ourselves of these, you know, th- the small minority of morons there are out there who want to go and do this. You know, it, no, nothing will affect their way of thinking and the fact that they're going to do this. So... You know, as much as we'd love to rid it and get it out of the game and get it out of the human race as such, it's not going to happen. I still say the biggest problem for this lies with the platforms themselves and what they're going to do to rid themselves of these people and how you can control it enough where... Anyone, you know, whatever account anyone wants to make, there has to be some accountability and knowing who you can go to, who's the owner of that account so that the right punishments can be made. Because as soon as you do that and people start getting pulled up for it or, you know, arrested, whatever it needs to be, whether it needs to be named and shamed and, you know, someone loses their job over something like that, that will be the only point you will stop that sort of abuse on social media um but will it come? i don 't think it's going to come anytime soon because I don't think it's in these platforms' interest um and that's the only way we rid it. i'm afraid you will never rid we'll never rid ourselves of these people, but I do believe, yeah, sometimes you know managers do need to think because sometimes stuff that they can say can then suddenly create you know put people 's mindset in that sort of way where they want to single a player out. Um, it's just a shame, but yeah, it, you know, it, that's hope that you know, this is not a good situation and these incidences are not great, but the only thing you can hope is that the fact that they're being so highlighted at the moment means that there will be some action at some point soon because I don't see that this being in the spotlight the way it has been will be allowed to continue.
1: Well, James, the club themselves have said they're going to take a serious review whatever that means, I'd imagine it would be discussions with Premier League counterparts and then the next step would probably be some sort of week-long ban across all 20 clubs, which is a noble message and it's very admirable, and it's great, but really, you kind of let the idiots win there, don't you? Because that kind of blackout just sort of allows those people to think, yes, we've got our way, and then, then when the platforms are reopened to the clubs, it's just going to happen again, isn't it? So it's kind of like you win for a week,
0: you're back to square one. Yeah. I mean, nail on the head. I mean, it's 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 disappointing obviously and you know, it's 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 not just dis- disappointing as a, as a Tottenham fan as a, as a as a football fan. It's it's disappointing as a human being because you know, I I I've never experienced the the kind of abuse that, that these footballers do and and have and so it means that I'm kind of, you know, not in a position to to speak of how 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 horrific it must be but it, it must be you know, it must be pretty rough to, to for them to experience you know at the end of the day they're yeah they're in the public eye they're celebrities but but they're they're playing football um you know for our entertainment yeah they're getting paid handsomely for it but that does that doesn't mean that they they deserve to go go through what they you know what they've been put through you know son and uh and sanchez last week so um the, as you say, Dan, it would be a, a noble gesture for the for the clubs to come off social media for players to come off social media um, but at the end of the day the the people doing the abusing are, are still on social media, so they're still going to be um, putting their opinions out there they 're still going to be writing what they can write and 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 they will continue to write it freely um, if they can continue to hide behind the accounts and and uh, and the fake names and, and things. So I personally, I, I don't know what the answer is. Um, I, I'm sure there's, there's people out there who, who get paid a lot of money to come up with answers to these kind of questions. And, and hopefully they're, they're racking their brains on, on what to do next, but it needs to be something relatively drastic because I, I, I don't know about you guys, but I'm, I'm sick of seeing the, the tweets, the, the, the tweets. It's almost, you know, it's, it's a weekly daily occurrence now. Um, you know the, we stand by whatever player we we condemn the, the horrible abuse you know it, it it means nothing and until something gets done it's going to keep on happening because i think there's a lot of people out there who are realizing that that they can uh they can put themselves in the spotlight they can they can have their 15 minutes of fame um by doing this and and uh, they you know they can also get away with it so let's let's just hope that, that this is um you know a, a, a 5 minute fad, let's, let's just hope that there's something that actually gets, gets done about it.
1: Well, HG, if we focus on the player himself, his post match interview, now, I don't know if he's seen awful comments and then had to go into the presser or it's the other way around, but he looked absolutely dejected yesterday, and when you consider this is a player with the chirpiest demeanour known to man in football, you kind of know that the club itself has got problems.
3: Yeah, you do, because if sun's down, then things are really, really, really bad believe he would have seen the stuff that we all saw later on. I don't know when exactly it was posted but I think the interview was pretty soon after the game so I don't know if he had a chance to go to his phone and I mean you know, what do you do? Do you go and check what other people are saying? I'm not sure I would I might you know, call my dad if I'm son right? find out what he thought of the game rather than worry about what social media is saying but uh, you know, like it, it's, it's, no one wants to see it. I mean that's just it no one wants to see it and like, we all live in this bubble where we think things are getting better and maybe they are. It's just that with social media, anyone and everyone has a platform now. So you can hear what you know, Joe idiot of wherever thinks, because he'll tell you, and then it'll get it'll get shared, it'll get spread, and before you know it, you, you really do know the dregs of society and what they think. That's a massive issue. I don't know what I don't know what we can do apart from. I mean, like <laughs> my day job is I'm a teacher, so I deal with trying to teach kids. The idea of like you know, what is good, what is wrong, what is right, like they have to know this, and that there are various reasons as to why they may not, but still i do I do want to think, and I want to hope that the, the issue is the fact that they have the platform and that it isn 't just more prevalent than it used to be. I, I think it has to be the platform that needs to change
1: absolutely right we 've got about ten minutes left, so let 's try and make another case for the defense, not a very strong one, but Cole. Once again, defensive combination bingo was back in action yesterday. Unsurprisingly, Davidson Sanchez was nowhere to be seen. But surely that just reinforces our theory from last week that players just know now that they're one mistake from the chop.
2: Yeah, I think so. As you say, I think after that last performance, you know, it was no surprise not to see Davidson Sanchez there. And, you know, don't get me wrong, you know. If a player's playing like that and we know Davidson hasn't had a great time recently, then I'm all for you to take that player out because, you know, you can't have someone in there that's a, that's a liability. I think what surprised us all was that you were kind of sitting there thinking, well, OK, this is where we'll see Toby come back, who is probably our most solid centre-half. You know, he's not the Toby that we had a few seasons ago, but I would still say out of all the centre-halves we got, he's probably our most reliable and most solid So when the team sheet comes in and you see Eric Dyer's name suddenly starting, you're sitting there scratching your head thinking, well, I really don't know what's going on now because Dyer hadn't been in the sort of form where you're sitting there thinking, well, yeah, I'm desperate to see Dyer come back because he'll really shore us up at the back all of a sudden. You're sitting there thinking, well, you've just kind of replaced one Calamity player with somebody again who has been prone to mistakes, and you know whether people like it or not. Eric Dyer is not a centre half, I'm afraid. Um, you know, even in prime proch, in prime Poch era, you know the times when Dyer did play at centre half, he never kind of you know shone uh, and kind of played that well. You was always sitting there thinking, well, if he didn't have Toby and Yan there with him, we'd be in big trouble. Um, and the same still applies for me, you know. Dyer, the, the experiment of Dyer at centre half needs to end because it's not his position. So, yeah, yeah. You know, again, you you got to question why you're not playing your best centre half here um, in these in these last few games because there was still something on the line. You still do have, you know, essentially a chance at getting into the top four. So you've got to put your strongest side out. So I'd love to know what's gone on with. With Toby, um, it's a bit of a myth, though, isn't it? So I guess now we're sitting there thinking, well, you know, you're back to you're back to centre back bingo for this weekend as who's going to come in and play? I've no doubt we'll probably see Toby get get a game in this next one, um, and, and Dyer will come out the firing line because again, yesterday he didn't, you know, he didn't endear himself and particularly play very well. You know, I think. You know, Cavani just had him all over the shop, didn't he, at certain points of his movement. Um, but at the same time, as much as we can, you know, people might try and want to try and blame Jose, there is an element here of the play, you know, some of this is on the players as well. And those performances are on the players because they are just not good enough at the moment with their performances. And I think, unfortunately, that won't change because I just don't think those players are good enough to play at the level we want to be at. Um, they're not there, you know, they're probably possibly mid-table, mid-table centre-halves and we'll need to look at buying two, in my opinion, possibly in the summer, if you really want to go and challenge for top four or, and more than that.
1: Well, James, if you're a footballer, you want to play every game possible, but if you're under Jose Mourinho, you probably don't want to play the week before the cup final, have a bad game and not be in the cup final. So who plays against Everton?
0: Oh, Dan, you ask the impossible questions, don't you? <laughs> I mean, uh, I, there's, I don't think there's any any guessing um, Jose's centre-back partnership. But it's obviously based on, uh, yeah, who hasn't had a, a horrendous game the weekend before. Um, so, yeah, you're absolutely right. I think it, it will be... No one's going to want to play against Everton because they know that they've got to have a, a completely clean game. They've got to be perfect if they're going to be in with a shout of of playing at Wembley. Um so it, it could be it could be anyone. Look, we the way things have gone, looking at the pattern, we could expect Toby to be back in. You know, it, it, if he's been out in exile, or he's been out in exile for for a couple of weeks now, then looking at, at what's happened with with Bale, what's happened with Dyer, what's happened with Sanchez, um, you know, we can expect him to be probably starting the next game against Everton because exiles come to an end under Jose Mourinho and. And you, you, you know, you seem to get another chance, but you know, at, at the moment, we we still don't know what our best centre back partnership is. You know, um, I think I still don't have much as much faith in 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 Joe Roden that that you know the the, the experts on Twitter seem to have. You know, he supposedly is is going to be a good player, but I, I I can't really see what what it is he's good at. Um, I think he's he's obviously got the potential, but right now I, I can't I can't see what why he's good at. You know, he's, he's not not necessarily quick. He's not great in the air. I wouldn't say he's 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 a he's a, obviously a big strong lad, um, but he 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 can't turn very. He has, you know, he's, got, he's he's not very quick on the turn. Um, but you know, I Dan, you'll know that I've I've been a massive fan of Eric Dyer. I think Eric Dyer. You know, I've always said that he's he's a great player, but this season. You know when you pick up on something and you can't unsee it. You know every goal, well, a lot of our goals that we concede, it it can't be a coincidence that so much goes on just behind Eric Dyer's back. You know in that in that meter behind Eric Dyer, it's it's like a void that that needs to be filled by a striker. And you know if we go back go back to the disallowed United goal. You know, Cavani runs off Eric Dyer just just behind his back is is where he makes that move. Um, you know, uh, Cavani his header it, it, the, the the goal in the second half just behind Eric Dyer's back, just behind his back. The amount of times that he's jumped and misjudged the flight of the ball and someone's nipped in behind him, it, it must be at least five or six goals this season alone, just headers. Uh, you know, and it, it it's got to the point where it can't be. Coincidence? It must be, uh, you know, his his spatial awareness obviously isn't isn't there. Uh, the communication between the defenders obviously isn't there because he, he always seems to have somebody just behind him that he isn't aware that's there. Um, so you know, Eric Dyer isn't isn't the answer to our questions. Um, Sanchez certainly isn't the answer to our questions. He's he's possibly the worst out of all of them. Um, and and Toby, you look, you know, as much as we want him back in the team, he's had his moments too. He hasn't been perfect, he's just been the best of a bad bunch. So uh to me, look, the only combination he hasn't used yet is 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 Toby and Tanganga. Um so, you know, in this kind of willy nilly, is it gonna work, isn't it gonna work? You know, why not throw that one out there next? But if you're, if you're, you know, if you're Van for or even Cameron Carter-Vickers you know, looking at this Tottenham team right now, you're thinking, God, if Mourinho stays, maybe I'm in with a chance next season.
1: Well, yeah, stranger things have happened. But let's move on to the predictions now. HG, with that potential fear factor of Tottenham players thinking, well, I don't want a bad game, is that going to play on their minds for the trip to Goodison this Friday? What score do you think it will be?
3: Um, I don't know, because I think we've got Southampton between we play Everton and the, and the Man City final. So there, there's another game for them to somehow try and avoid if, the, if it means they're worried about missing the final. As for Everton, yeah, look, I agree with everything that's been said. Toby is the best centre-half we have. It's not even close. Um, all of the other centre-halves look better when they're next to Toby. So Toby needs to play. Um, if you're thinking about the Man City game, then, then why not pick the same 11 that beat Man City at the start of the season? Like, you could do that, and it would be fine for the everton game like i've got half a mine to focus on next season to be honest, so you're going to look at you know if i jose may not know he's going to stay may may not think he's going to stay, but if I was there, I'd be thinking right, which of these players do I want to to have in my squad next season? If Sanchez and Dyer are both going to go, then you play Toby and Roden, and that's it. And you, and, and you think if Faurier is going to leave, then you play Tanganga at right back because Doherty's injured and Regan would, would be left back. You have to think for the future now. I don't think that the game, I mean, I don't know how Everton are doing right now. I know they're playing right now as we're recording, but I don't think Everton are really going to f- find their way into the top four conversation. It's pretty much a best of the rest game as far as I'm concerned. Um, so I'll go for a 1-1 draw where both teams kind of cancel each other out.
1: Yes, I forgot about Southampton. That just goes to show how much I care at the moment. I've not done my research there. But James, what have you got for me for the Merseyside trip on Friday? Uh,
0: I'm, I'm going to go off uh, the cup game that, that we had at Everton. I think um, it's going to be high scoring, both teams showing that they that they can't defend. Um, and and I think uh, Everton are going to come out on top the way that we're playing at the moment. So I'm going to go for
2: 3-2 Everton.
1: OK, Carl, what have you got for me?
2: Uh, I think Sunday was the final now in the coffin. I think the morale was gone. I can't see us putting in much of a performance there, to be honest. I think we'll score, but I think we'll lose 2-1. I think Everton will just, you know, as I say, I think for me now, we're we're almost in this stage of seeing games out till till the end of the season and the cup final is the only one with anything on it. yeah, not looking forward to it, too. Unless I just don't think we'll show up. Um, and 2 I'll go for 2-1, um, but to be honest, it could even be free. I'm just not confident at all in this side at the moment.
1: I'll go for, do you know what, yeah, 1-0 win to Everton. I think it might be just a drab encounter where you can just see your heart's not in it and the focus is on the week ahead. So, not a good note to end on, but a good show. That's the main thing. So, need to do the admin and thank my three fantastic pod squad members this evening – HG, a fantastic debut this evening. I hope you enjoyed that one.
3: I certainly did. It's always good to talk Spurs, like even if it's sometimes depressing. Like that's all right because that, that's the Spurs I grew up with. So <laughs> um, to talk about a successful Spurs was al- was always a bit odder. But um, yeah, like it's great to talk Spurs. So thanks for having me on.
1: Not a problem, James. A sterling return to full this evening. Thanks for joining me once more.
0: Always a pleasure. Thanks very much, Dan. Hopefully, same again next week with a little bit more, a uh, little bit more cheerful chat.
1: Fingers crossed. And Carl, thank you for running the channels as always and wearing that captain's armband. I hope you'll be with me next Monday.
2: Yeah, definitely, Dan. And let's hope we can have a little bit more positivity to talk about. Um, but as I say, it is always good to talk Spurs. Um, and like I say, it's free therapy, people. So get, get on it.
1: Absolutely right. With that said, it just leads me to say that my name's Dan Tracy. And as always, come on, you Spurs.
0: For Spurs fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Tottenham videos and podcasts, download the free Coys app now from the App Store and Google Play.